Hey, this is Don M. Williams. You are listening to Research Shows Podcast. This episode that you are about to listen to is pre-recorded. You are in an off season. Season three has ended for Research Shows Podcast. And so I am going to play weekly episodes just to have something for you to listen to. And we're going to do this every Sunday at noon until we start our new season, which will be in the spring of 2023. So please stay tuned. And once again, this episode has already been previously recorded. And hello, hello, hello. This is your girl, Dawn M. Williams, and you are listening to Research Shows Podcast. And today, this is Technology for Seniors, where we give um, advice to our seniors, their family members, friends, and loved ones so that we can promote independence within the elderly community. Today, this is the very first episode of Technology for Seniors where I got a guest for Technology for Seniors, so I am excited. And her name is Delanda McNair. She is a caregiver for, um, I think, both your parents, right? Or just your mom? Just my mom. Yeah, just your mom. And then she is also a writer and a published author. So how are you doing today? I am doing awesome, Dawn. How are you? I'm pretty good. So we had a rough start this morning. (laughs) And I believe I was very, believe me, I am not understanding my tolerance levels at zero. But because she is a caregiver... And I have been there. I said, let me go back and try to figure out why is this lady not responding? So it was, you know, we had a mishap with the email jumping off, but we, I'm so glad you are here today. <laughs> well, Don, well, wait a minute. To hear that you're dealing with a little patience thingy going on there. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because um, I'm telling you, I be telling people sometimes, look, I guess it's that caregiver brain kicking in. Because wait a minute, you said what? And like, I'm mm-hmm. like, well, what did I say? And they were mm-hmm. like, you don't, you didn't say anything. Well, I'm like, listen, y'all, if I don't say anything, I didn't hear you or I didn't get that you was talking to me. So please don't be trying to hold me accountable for something that I didn't even respond to. So look, there you go. Mm-hmm. Like, don't mm-hmm. even respond. <laughs> right. Exactly. But, it, and I, I get it. I totally empathize. I've been there. So I, oh my God. So we're going to get right into this. I want you to tell everybody about the emotional transition you went through being an adult child, from being an adult child of an independent parent into being a full-time caregiver of this parent. Tell people that emotional transition because people don't know about this. Oh my word, Dawn, who are you telling? Like, <laughs> oh my God, okay, so, oof. Okay, let me say like, let me start it by saying this. Okay, so my parents, um, they had five children. Um, I was the fourth born of five and I was the one who never got married, never been pregnant. So I don't know what it's like to think of someone first outside of myself. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I was, I got to be honest, I was selfish. Like, and Mm -hmm. I knew it, but it's not like I was like, I was flexible, but I still, it was like, well, no, I don't want to, you know, it's it's about me, how I want to do it, when I want to do it, if I want to do it. Mm -hmm. So fast forward in 2012, my mother comes for a, a week and a weekend visit. And when I'm, what I mean by that is my sister and I, my younger sister and I, we live 15 minutes apart. So, of course, she has children, you know, and, and grandchildren. So my mom goes over there for the week and comes over here to me for the weekend. It was the last weekend of April. And mm-hmm. make a long story short, my mother had started having stroke-like symptoms that Friday. Mm. But the thing is, she, um, I have an older sister in Kansas. So between the three conversations between my younger sister, 
my older sister and me right here in the house with me. My mother was on the phone back and forth and then firsthand with me having different conversations. Now, girl, I don't hear all this until well after the fact. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's how I now know that my mother had been going through stroke-like symptoms the whole weekend. It started that Friday morning. Mm. Making, so fast forward. Um, me, my mother and I had had gone throughout the whole day Saturday. Um, I had a lot going on that Saturday because, you know, when you work all week, Saturdays, you got to pile in everything. Like, go here, go here, you know. And my mother was on my heels. And at that time, she was, what, 71, about to be 71? Yeah, she was, she was turning 71 in November. So, and this was April. And I, later on that night, we finally made it home. It was about 11 o'clock. And, um, cause we were in and out all day and she was writing stuff and I saw her drag her arm. Mm. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute, mama, did you just drag your arm? Then she tells me, well, yes, I don't know what it is. I just, it just feels funny. And then I, it's, I've been feeling funny in my arm all day. And I said, well, do you want to go to the emergency room? Then she was like, well, I said, well, here's the thing. I can't make you do anything. However, mm-hmm. if it was me, I would have least want to go and get a medical opinion to see what they say to see what they see is going on with me so she thought about it and she's like yeah let's go so i take her to the emergency room i i literally drop her off at the door i go find a part she walks herself in she checks herself in i come in and sit next to her when they rolled her back you know that little first station where they check your your vitals and your blood pressure yeah her -hmm. blood pressure was extremely high okay so they manipulate her yes they manipulate her blood pressure they go on to manipulate her blood pressure from, you know, that little, little, that little um, hold in place there. And then you finally go to a bed. They still manipulate her blood pressure. Then we go upstairs. They still ma- make a long story short, girl. My mother walked herself in there. And by the time we came back that Monday, that was like a, right at first thing Sunday morning. It was like midnight. When I came back Monday morning after they finally got her in the ICU and all this stuff, my mother was... <laughs> pretty much in it looking like she was in a vegetative vegetate veget- oh i can't get the word out which you yeah know a vegetative state so yes. wait a minute wait a minute so like do you think that it was just the experience of, you know what it is to go in the hospital that made her deteriorate that fast or that she was already going to do that because she was already experiencing a stroke you know what here's the thing it may be a combination of the latter part that you said and mm-hmm. the fact that they were too busy doing too mm-hmm. much because mm-hmm. it's crazy because after the fact, you know, you see medical practitioner. Well, you don't think about that when you schedule your doctor's appointment. Wait a minute. They practicing on us and on us. None of us think about that. I and, like that, that you said that practitioner, right? <laughs> yeah. And, they, and they, they openly tell you this and sh- it's in writing. We don't you know, about- I never thought of, thank you. Thank you for saying that because I never thought about that. Don't. Um, just the language. I know I look, <laughs> it's eye opening, right? <laughs> Honey. So the fact is they manipulated my, okay. This is my opinion. Okay. okay I'm not okay. a medical. Let me make sure I put that out there. I'm not a doctor. However, you know, your body knows how it sells better than anyone outside of itself. Mm-hmm, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, yes, it was not a good thing that my mother's blood pressure was extremely high. However, mm-hmm. that was her body talking to her and telling her something. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, that her blood pressure was drastically multiple times manipulated from the time she walked in and at the time she finally made it to ICU, mm-hmm. it slowed down the flow of her blood in her body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was an issue for her body because I didn't know 
And again, I'm the one with her checking her in with her when she checked in a, in the emergency room. I didn't know my mom had um, a blockage going on in the main artery that shoots Ooh. the blood up to your brain. Oh my! And gosh. that's why it was working in her favor that her body was slowly conducting itself to do what it needed to do because her brain was continually getting the blood that she needed while her body went in and did what it needed to do. So am I saying she did not need medical attention at all? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that I feel, again, this is me. I'm not a medical <laughs> a professional. I feel her blood pressure was manipulated extremely too much because it was working in her favor to get the brain, the blood it needed to operate completely. So over right. the course of that night, when my mother went to bed, I don't know how many times or if there were times I'm thinking it was, but I don't know that they went, well, you know, her blood pressure is still too high. So it opened her up, her up to many strokes. And she went, oh. the, she went through the process of having many strokes all night throughout the night up oh, until God. that Monday, mo Monday morning. So I left a woman who was talking to me like, baby, I'll be okay. I'll see you in the morning. So a woman that when I went there the Monday, that month, she looking at me. And, it's, and Grant, I'm not saying my mother looked at me this way, but it felt like, girl, the way it was piercing my heart, like you left me here. And yeah, absolutely. 100%. It's like, and that's, oh my God. <laughs> so, girl, oh my god girl you just is pierced in my heart okay Donnie, this is me looking at my mama because at before i thought about that whole practitioner thing i'm trusting y'all y'all went y'all y'all studied this and y'all yeah, know that there y'all know that there's no continual case every case is different yeah absolutely and so like i yeah so as it relates to the emotion don whoa <laughs> me being the selfish one for one uh -huh. And then, like you stated, I'm looking at, like my father died in 1996, right? Mm -hmm. And so when my father died and um, we grew up in like the, a rural area, country area. So, you know what I'm saying? We had, my, my parents had a house with land. So it, 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 there were things that needed to be, to be done. The, the, the grass needed to be maintained. Um, there are certain items around the house that need to be maintained. My mom, God blessed her and she was able to stand up and check in like, okay, buddy and they call my dad buddy she was like well buddy will always do this so let me go out here and she was learning girl god showed her how to do stuff and right. so i'm looking at this little and she was like five one okay or well, five feet little petite thing and mm -hmm. but she just standing up and handling life and now i'm looking at her and she she her movement solely depends on someone else and that's that's emotional for you Absolutely. So before we get into the, because I had something to say, I'm going to take my first commercial break <laughs> and we'll be right back. Okay. We'll be right back after this commercial break. What's up, everyone? I'm super excited to say that I uh, will be on the research show podcast with Don. And I'm going to be talking about real estate and real estate investing and teaching you and sharing with you how you can create your own money. If you're done with your nine to five and you want to change and make something different and change the trajectory for your kids and your family, join, listen in, because I'm going to share all tips and all ways that you too can create your own money. Check out the Bird Douglas on episode 106 of this podcast. All right. All right. So we back. <laughs> so I just wanted to say, um, you, you pierced my whole soul, like everything you just said. And that's a lot of our stories, um, that, 
you know, if we are caregivers or were caregivers, because my dad, he had refused to go to the hospital. You know how mm. men are. And um, he refused. And the only way I was able to get him to the hospital that last time, which it, I, we didn't have a choice, was because he had deteriorated so bad. He wasn't eating nothing. Uh. And he, he had stressed himself out to that level. Mm. Okay. And so, of course, going into a hospital setting, to me, it creates anxiety. It's like going to court. Like the buildings, the halls are cold. It's, it, it's not warm and welcoming. So, of course, it's going to create, you know, it's going to make your body fluctuate and go through stuff. And his family basically came down, did an intervention to get him to even go in the hospital. And he didn't come out. And he told me before he went in the hospital, he said, I don't want to go in the hospital because I'm not going to come out. And that's what happened. And yes, <laughs> so it was like, but it was, but just leading up to the hospital, he was like, it was like he was almost killing himself on the way to the hospital anyway, because it's months he's not eating. He refuses to take natural remedies. I do a lot of natural stuff like black seed. Just telling you that just look up black seed in regards to your mom. And I don't know if she's still dealing with high blood pressure, but black seed is like a natural, um, remedy for um it's it's a food you know it's a seasoning girl we and, have it on um, deck honey you trust i've been doing my research too because <laughs> after that practitioner didn't yes. to my mama yeah yes. <laughs> yes yes oh my so so did she improve at all like did she stay in that state that you um were saying that she was in Dawn. <laughs> oh <laughs> here's the thing to answer your question yes however so okay my mother was up and walking girl she came home with me Okay. June of 2012. Um, mm -hmm. So she was up and walking on a quad cane and she was learning to trust her because it affected her right side. She was learning to trust her right side enough to, and I hate to say it like this, but I'm just saying it like, I'm just, these are just connecting words that help paint a picture for your listeners. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, she was learning to use her right leg pretty much as a kickstand when she would right, walk mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. her right leg really was not mobile like the left leg was. Mm -hmm. Girl, so we, you know, saying we looking at my younger sister now. We learning stuff. We researching stuff. Um, what we did is we start. We got creative with making smoothies, or we would call it a bisque. <laughs> so mm -hmm. basically, whatever we ate, you know, what I'm saying again, we ate with purpose. Uh, we were smooth. We were blender her stuff and puree it. Um, mm -hmm. So she was still eating and she was getting her fiber because for whatever reason the stroke would make her or with my mom. It, she was there was a sensation where she would chew the food when she was still taking when we first came home and we were feeding her um, full, uh, what you call it, full food, raw food, however you want to call it. She, mm -hmm. The fiber of it, she would chew all the juice out of it, but her tongue would push the fiber portion of it to the front of her mouth. So mm. she would have all these wise of food in her mouth. And we were like, Mom, what's that in your mouth? So that's what made us puree her food. So yeah, she's on point with her meals and stuff. But what happened, girl, she went away with a family member and to a graduation and we now at that time i was still working so my my younger sister i mean wow she's so awesome she was mm -hmm. homeschooling her daughter at the time her younger daughter at the time so she would pack up her daughter and come homeschool from my house to be here with my mom while mm -hmm. i went to work that was our system and when it came time for her to go on vacation we had a family member that okay i still need to go to work you know what i'm saying so they decided to be here during the week well they asked could my mom go with them because they want to go to a graduation? My sister told mm -hmm. them no. Now, I don't know anything about this conversation. Mm -hmm. Girl, they make a long story short. I come home, my mother's not here. I didn't know. Oh. I didn't know she wasn't <laughs> not supposed to be here, Dawn. 
Ooh. So my sister checks in, is like, hey, just kind of let you know we made it to XYZ. She was like, uh, hi, Mama Joe, how's your day? I was like, I said, well, I don't know. I said, Mama is not here. And then, girl, it all comes out. Make a long story short, that graduation was outside. It was too hot for my mother. Ooh. When hey. they brought my mother back, she was extremely dehydrated. So fast forward, she's that's not a real medical issue. So after three days at the hospital, they say, listen, we're going to send her over to this rehab girl. First of all, we didn't know we could have just brought my mother home. I didn't. We didn't yes. know that. You can. You just gotta sign something to say if something happens to her, it's your fault. It's our fault, we, girl. Yeah. They didn't tell. They said what we're going to do because it's, this is not a medical situation. Um, we're just going to send her over across the street to what it was supposed to be a rehab. No, it was a nursing home that they were restructuring, and they had a wing that they were setting up for rehab, and then they had a full blown nursing home. Girl, they dropped my mama while she was in there, did not report it. They kept coming to get her every day for therapy. Mm. So what started off as a hairline hip fracture turned into a straight up hip break and Jeez. her bone separated and mm. came and fused up on her hip. So no, since 2013, June of 2013, mm. about a year later, my mom has not walked since. So I get to be her legs going back and forth to the bathroom. Honey. I get to be her legs getting her in and out of the bed. And it totally did a number on her. Now, I want to I want to say this too for our listeners who are not um, understanding what you just said. Because that is that can be confusing. When I said that, um, when she said she didn't know if... She, you know, she was, uh, that she was able to just take her straight from the hospital. And this is what happens. Cause I'm going to tell you what happened. Cause that's what happened with my dad. It was a hijacking. It was like a hijacking. I want you to understand this. Like it is not pretty. If you're going to take that route of saying, I don't care what y'all say. I'm taking them out. Cause this is how it went. <laughs> we oh. in the hospital. So th actually this is during the time of my parents. They went through a separation. This is how serious this was. Okay. So we're in the hospital. So, there, um, the hospital staff don't know who to listen to, my mom or me, so, uh, my mom or me. So they're confused because they're looking at my dad like he's incompetent because, yes, you are deemed as incompetent because you can't take care of yourself. Right. So because if you could, you wouldn't be sitting here sick and in the hospital asking for help. That's how they look at you. And so he was saying, look, I'm not going to the rehab. I'm leaving right here because and also I used to work in the rehab. So it is combined. It's combined. One section is the rehab and the other section is the nursing home. And um, sad to say, the goal is that, you know, eventually you end up in a nursing home because that's more money for them from the state. So, you know, a lot of people don't end up leaving. So uh, I'm going to try to shorten this as much as possible. So by the time the doctor um, came in the room, they're all trying to say you cannot leave with your father. And my father's snapping, right? Right? He's just like, nah, y'all going to let me lose because I'm going to get my lawyer. You're going to let me, you know, they're going off. And you know what they said it comes down to, which he, this is when I saw his mind, he, it broke. Because they said, sir, and I already told him this because i seen it. They said, sir, the only way we can release you is if it's somebody who's going to say, I'm signing over and saying, I'm going to take 100% care of you. And he was just, can you imagine what that does to an adult? who's been taking care of themselves their whole life. And they're saying that you can't be released unless, so me, because I'm self-employed, I was able to say, I'll do it. And um, that's how, it was a horrible scene. It was not easy. It was not like, oh, we understand. Them doctors was turning bright red in the face. Um, they was upset. 
you know, they, it, you literally have to do like a hijacking if you're going to do it. Yeah. So I feel you. Girl, we, I, we didn't know. And then it came out after the fact, a therapist that like my sister, <clears throat> when my mother finally came home, um, <clears throat> of course not walking this time. Mm-hmm. And that we were doing, my sister was doing in-home therapy and mm-hmm. it, it just came out in conversation. And what's so crazy about it, because because I was still making her smoothies and I was packing them up, taking them to the thing. And I was like, look, make sure she start her day with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were days that I, uh, when I could, I was, cause I was passing right by this place going to work. So I would stop in and I would tell, I told look, there may be days because what's going on with my mom right now, I may be a little delayed, but I'll be here. So mm-hmm. um, I was stopping in in the mornings and this, and it's crazy because after it all happened and we brought my mom home broken, <laughs> mm. girl, they had a nerd to call us and say, um, what happened? When did she fall? Because she had a fall. And we're like, well, wait a minute. She been with y'all. Like, and you're going to call us asking us what happened? Girl. Oh, because they don't want you to sue. That's why. They don't want you to sue. They're not, they didn't want to drop her. They was yeah. not supposed to drop her. Girl, not only that, you now that you did say something. So those people coming in here to move her around for therapy know not to bother her. And you mm. know how it came out? Because we noticed that um, I had gone in after work and the nurse was helping her. And then I noticed her scheduling, like sliding her foot under my mom's foot. Mm. And I was looking at her. I said, now, why? I said, why are you doing that? And then she was like, girl. And then she said, she's like, it's, she said, I'm so sorry. And I was like, sorry for what? And then she was like, it's messed up how they did your mom. And I was like, what Ooh. you mean how they, right. I said, what you mean how they did my mom? And then she was like, she said, okay. She's like, between me and you, I think, I think, I think your mom was dropped. She said, because they told us to make sure we support her foot. And I was like, what? And then, so, mm-hmm. you know, I brought my younger sister in. Of course, my, this time, they was like, well, we need you guys to um, sign this or sign this. And my sister was like, well, wait a minute. No, we're not signing mm-hmm. anything. And then they said, well, if you don't sign this, um, we're going to have to release her to your care. Mm. <laughs> so they now, can put it on you because they don't want want to release her to our care. Yeah, right? absolutely. Absolutely. Because we were too busy. We was there. Girl, I, I don't even go into all that. So make a long story short, honey. Oh, Jesus. My mom comes home with us and, uh, and my the home therapist coming in and she's noticing things. And she's asking my sister stuff. Girl, come to find out my mother went back until she was like, she was trembling, holding my sister when my sister went to pick her up. Because before, before the dehydration situation that s- sent her to the hospital, my mom was softly holding, you know, you go to pick someone up. They know mm-hmm. that you got them. So mm-hmm. they will softly drape their arm around you. But if your movement changed, then they're going to change and, and tight. Mm-hmm. No. Girl, we would go pick my mother up and it's almost like she would have you in a bear hug, just be like, and we would be like, Mom, like we can't breathe. Like, you know, she but we didn't understand with the change in her temperament. It came yeah. out with my younger sister one day. And my mom, my mom, my sister was like, Mom, okay, help me understand. Like, why are you acting like this? And then she's like, she dropped me. And my sister's Thank like, you. Thank my you. Sister's like, what? Let me tell you something. What I learned when they know if from my understanding, I'm not a medical professional either, but I was um working in a nurse home. I was the hairdresser in a nurse home. I've seen a lot. When somebody already had experienced the fall, like your mother came in with the hairline um, fracture, they will take a bed and put it 
all the way down just so that the person won't like if they're a fall risk they make sure that the person is like their bed is like all the way on the ground so that even if they roll it's not like a serious fall you see what i'm saying and also what you're saying is speaking um to the healthcare system in america where it is standard that a patient has um it'll be a gna a nursing assistant and they'll have at least 15 patients on one shift that's just exclusive to that gna the, it don't even matter their level of care it could be somebody needing 100 percent care or somebody who's able to take care of themselves but that's overwhelming because look at what you're going through with just one patient can you imagine having 15 huh. you gotta change pampers and, and all that stuff girl and here's the thing this is my mama and because she mm -hmm. was because she poured good into me Mm -hmm. That makes it easy for me to pour good into her right now. Mm -hmm. I can't even. And everybody don't come from that, so you. Thank right. you. you. Thank you. Have you have people that didn't get that and mm -hmm. are taking care of somebody outside of themselves. And if the right wrong situation happened, it could. I could see how it could be not as easy to do and give you their give them give the best to that person in need of their care care. So. Yeah. Oh, I got questions too. That family member, are y'all on good terms? Did y'all ever heal from that? The family member that took the, um, I mean, because, honey, I, my mouth is vicious. My mouth, and I don't even got to cuss at you. My mouth is vicious. The family members who I do not like, it is not a question. <laughs> so like, Dawn. I would be so bad. Like, <laughs> Dawn, Dawn, did y'all heal, though? Did y'all talk? Dude, I mean, how did that play out? Like, do they feel guilty or they just is like, whatever <laughs> see don you been busy i'm just playing <laughs> <laughs> but look you ain't got to go into it so look look let's no. just go. i don't even want to open up no, the can no, first <laughs> no, no because here's the thing here's the thing i'm glad you asked that because i'm gonna be honest and i'm gonna be I, I have to be honest there are moments even still that mm -hmm. i'm like why did okay why let did me you do say, that let me, let me say this first before all this happened to my mother like I'm mm -hmm. a homebody. Like mm -hmm. I'm good without going out. I'm good with being here. I don't have to be moving. But my mother, that was that's so not who my mother is. Mm -hmm. Like my mother likes going about. She likes traveling. If you call my mom, like, Mom, be there, like what she's like, okay. Or she'll call you and be like, Hey, I'm going, do you want to ride? You know what I'm saying? So I, with that being said, the particular family member that she went away with, they know this. And see, mm -hmm. that's how they do. They like moving. And, and there were times that she would go and do things with them. I, oh, I see what you're saying. I get it. So, so it's kind of it, like they viewed your mom as who she was they before. They trying to help her. And like, didn't. She, yeah. Right, she wants to get out. And we trying to tell them, look, you weren't here. Because even with us, my younger sister and I being at these appointments together, right? Yeah. There were things like, okay, well, did 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 you hear them when they said this? And then she's like, girl, what? What? And I'm like, yeah, because when they should like, oh, you're right. Or I'm like, girl, okay, so when they said this, did you, you know what I'm saying? We yeah. collaborating. So yeah. now you have this family member who wasn't here at all. Oh, I got you. I got they, you. They getting bits and pieces, but bottom line, they trying to come in like, well, I'm still treat her like normal. Okay, you do that. But at the same time, hear us when we're telling you. Right, for instance, they told us that we have to be careful with her temperament because she could be too hot or she could be too cold and won't even tell you that. Right. You know what I'm saying? So we telling them like, wait a minute. If you, she, my, cause my younger sister was like, well, no, she can't go because she can't be out in the elements. But they were like, she was, she okay. I mean, it, it, 
girl. See, so, and you know what? You know what this go back to? The fact that people are not understanding. First of all, people are not respecting boundaries. Number two, when and somebody, a lot of people don't understand what caregiving is. So I can see how somebody who's ignorant of caregiving would be like, girl, please shut up. I got this. And number three, it's like raising a child. It's like having a toddler. So for example, if I'm sending my baby out, I'm like, listen, they got to eat at this time. They're going to be doing this. And then if it's a sickly baby, it's more rules. And it's up to whoever the caregiver is of that child if they're going to respect whatever the parent says. Because you, you know me, I'm go- if you gave if you told me this this about your mother, Delanda, I've been like okay, and I'll take I'll respect what you say. Number one, because I've been there as a caregiver. But you know, people who have not who have no idea what you're talking about, they um they don't understand and then they think they know more than you and they think you're being overprotective and they just I, I get it. I get both sides of it. You don't know till you in it. You and, do and, not and know see, till you in it. And see that's the thing because this individual was leaning it seemed like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. be careful. Mm-hmm. It seemed like this individual was leaning more on their direct relationship with my with into my mother. It was it was I'm telling you. And, I'm, and I'm so, it is and so after that whole situation me and my younger sister were trying to be, we, we felt just like what you said, like, oh my God, like they, this, and you know, and had they just not. And now we don't even see, first of all, we were barely seeing this individual before when my, the first round of my mother. Oh, I got you. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Me and my sister are the one here with our life adjustments and you know what I'm saying? Or like from, for real, like I, girl, and I'm not saying this in a voice of complaint, but I really forgot like what I like. <laughs> because yeah, absolutely. There's like little to know my in my life. And then, right. you know what I'm saying? Like I'm just now, like I said, this happened in 2012. I'm right. just now feeling I would girl, it was so I was feeling guilty if I got to go out and do something because I knew that's what my mom liked to do. Um, but people are like, well you need a break, you need a break. But I'm like, if a parent has a child who has a special need, do they get breaks? No, not at all. And the only break they get from parents who I know that have special needs children is if they're able to find a nice group home for the child once the child becomes of age. And it got, you know what I'm saying? Even then, um, that is a break because it, it, it will wear on your soul. Um, me, I, I only care for my father about maybe a year, year and a half, something like that before he passed. And I will say mine was tumultuous. It was really horrible because he would, he was very uh, stubborn. He would not listen to me at all. And I hear that a lot of times women listen more when I hear, cause my, his mother's still living and hit my uncles and aunt care for her. So they say that, um, you know, it's different for women. They surrender quicker yeah. as opposed to my dad girl we was going at it i'm like daddy you know because i already got a husband you know so it's like i can't do this with you men and y'all don't want to listen to women and i'm trying to say you supposed to do this then it would oh lord (laughs) you know what it's funny that you said it because they prepped us like well your mom there may be times that she want to hit she want to bite she want to spit she would throw things like we never seen this. This is not her. She may curse at you. She may fuss. You know what I'm saying? So we were like, we were beaut then. <laughs> we're not, not going to be dealing with that. Because it was so challenging for us to even wrap our mind around those type of uh, yeah. compliments from her. Because she was always so sweet 
and so soft and whatever I can do to help you, whatever I can do to serve you. You know what I'm saying? We never saw any kind of selfishness or meanness from her. Like even when we were out of order, like my mother didn't even really yell at us when we were out of order. It's like she would get, she would, she was slow. And my mother stuttered, stuttered sometimes. But when she uh -huh. would say something to you, like, and she would take a deep breath, she's like, I told you, we know. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you don't it, look. It you was, better listen. Girl, it was the <laughs> softest, sweetest, but slow and eat the word you hear. Then uh -huh. you know, oh, oh, it's real now. It's about to be real. So we so we never saw any chaotic movement or action and erraticness from my mom. So uh -huh. we never dealt with that. But um, but it became it was it mattered so much to me that Lord, I'm gonna do this without crying, girl. <laughs> Um, when my mother first came home and she started hearing herself talk because you know your brain is still it knows what it's telling your body to do it knows what it's yes. telling your mouth to say and yes. then it, it doesn't hear it say it or it doesn't see your body do it wait a minute so mm -hmm. we were we never talked any differently to and with my mom now even though we may not directly understood what she was saying back to us we kept like okay well mom okay well. and so what I was doing is um, I was talking to her one day when it was like in the beginning when she first came home with me and I, I don't even remember what I was asking her, but she got frustrated and she said, I can't, I can't say, it. I said, hold on mama. Yes, you can. I said, I'm mm -hmm. going to be honest with you. I don't know what you're feeling right now, but it matters to me what you have to say, because I don't, oh. I, I need you to know that your voice is relevant. Like, oh, that is so beautiful. <laughs> I, I need you to know like I will never, ever try to steal your voice. So as long as you're willing to work with me and help me understand what you're saying, I want to hear right. you. That is so, oh my God. That You know what? That's a blessing that she um have children um and a child that's able to say stuff like that because they need that. And that's stuff that, believe me, your mother cherishes. Believe me, because we had our heartfelt moments, me and my daddy, where me, I was, one day I had snapped <laughs> on him for something. And then he was, um by the time I came back, and then I said, I didn't appreciate how you didn't listen. No, he said he didn't appreciate how I yelled at him. And I said, well, I didn't appreciate that. I'm trying to tell you to do X, Y, Z. And it's like, you're fighting me. He said, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> Girl, yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean... said, well, I'm sorry, too. And we was crying. And I was like, I'm glad. I think when, once your mother, um, <clears throat> you know, transitions, you are going to look back at these moments and be like, I am so glad I was here to um, experience this later part of her life. You are, cause I, I'm so glad that I took the time and I'm glad it happened during the pandemic. Cause maybe if it happened at a different time, I wouldn't have been able to dedicate time to being there with my dad and understanding um, a new version of my dad. Like mm -hmm. I did, he allowed me to see his, you got me crying. He allowed me to see his weakness. Like Girl. men, men do not want you to see <sighs> their vulnerability. And I have two boys. Mm -hmm. And a husband. So believe me, I never saw my dad being weak. So he kept saying, you was not meant to see me like this. I didn't want you to see me like this. And I'm like, I am supposed to see you like this. This is what family is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be when you're just doing wonderful all the time. Right, right, it's, right. you know, when you're at your lowest, this is where, you know, so it was just me and him. Girl. So you, this is a blessing. It's, let me let me go to my next question so I stop crying. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I want you to explain to my audience, um, people, um, 
some people have no idea that how this happens. Like it happened all of a sudden with you, which how it happens with all of a sudden with a lot of people, how they transition into being a caregiver. What would you tell them um, what they would need to do to, to, to prepare themselves should they ever find themselves in your position? Like how it was at the very beginning, right before you knew you had to make a decision to be a caregiver. Um, wow. Ooh. Emotionally, okay. let's go with okay. emotions. So, like, so how, how do you prepare yourself emotionally? Here's the thing. There, I'm going to be honest with you. It's a moment-by-moment moment situation. Yes, because, I love that. Because, like, like I just I just knew my mama as the executor to go get it, to go do it. I'm going to make it happen. What I need to do, I'm going to figure it out. And now I'm seeing a totally different version of my mother. And on top of that, it's with me. <laughs> the one who girl when I when I got off work and made it home and crossed my threshold there were times my phone would go off on do not disturb and that was both my home and cell phone okay yes um, there were times I would go the whole weekend I wouldn't even open up a laptop because I'm like you know this weekend I'm checking out from the world yeah, and you have I, to. and when I was surfing but this was before my mother came to live with me because it's like if there were times during the week when I was working at that office and I'm not saying that my surrounding was bad or they they didn't treat me well because I appreciated the company that I worked for. But for whatever reason, there were times where I just felt like I was falling short of giving me me. Yes. A and I needed to seize the weekend and not have any outsiders have access to me. Yes. And I took those weekends unapologetically. Well, when my mother came to live with me, well, like I said, my mother was the life of the party. So people wanted to talk to her. People want to come see her. Girl, that made my door now a rotating door. <laughs> oh, so that's it, a transition in itself. Yes. It made my telephone now both phones constantly yeah. ringing. And what's so interesting, girl, people, I'm going to be careful. It felt <laughs> like to me that people were forgetting I was not my mother's assistant. Right. This is my home. This is my cell phone. Girl, I was right. there in the beginning. I was I was taking care of my mother's cell phone and my uh, her cell phone and my cell phone, girl. I, and we found I finally had let her cell phone go. But so it, it's a moment by moment situation because yeah. it, I was so parts of me felt like I'm not her only child. Right. I'm not the one who's done this before. So why is it okay for this to be my life and nobody else's life look like this? Ooh, girl, yes. <laughs> so I'm wait, be... so you're the primary, right? Are you the primary caregiver? Yes, my mother lives with me. And like I said, when I was working out outside of the house, my younger sister was packing up her daughter and homeschooling mm -hmm. her from here. Mm -hmm. So my mother would have some, 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 so she could be with my mother. Um, right. So I'm not I'm not knocking or taking away from the um, what's the the input and the uh, sacrifice my younger sister made because she made a lot. Right. Um, but the thing, but and one of the conversations, and I can say this openly because this is one of the conversations my younger sister and I had. It wasn't a very easy conversation, but we were being honest and real with each other because mm -hmm. we were we were done. Like you said, it's the the mental and the emotional drain. That's something you cannot prepare for. Let me go ahead and say that. There's no, there's no preparation for a mental and emotional drain. It's so different than you being physically exhausted. Like, well, okay, I only had an hour of sleep last night, but I'm get up and I'm going to go do these eight hours. I'm going to come home. I'm going to cook, take care of my family and make it to bed and do it again. No, 
Like I'll take physical exhaustion any day and keep doing what I need to do opposed to balancing emotional and mental drain and exhaustion. And you know what is that's so that's so that's you hit the nail on the head, the hammer on the whatever, how that (laughs) quote go, because it's, it's, um, it's you watching a transition of your parent. It is heartbreaking. And then it's heartbreaking for them because they don't want to be helpless. So it's like they feel like they're a burden on you. You don't want them to feel like a burden. It's like a roller coaster up and down. And, you know, it's almost like a morning of a parent because or a person because they're not who they were. You know, the one you saw as you're growing up as a child. So that to me contributed to my mental deterioration um, because I was my daddy's primary caregiver. um, And then uh, trying to get people to come in and assist. And then, like you said, you don't know who's going to do it properly or not. So that in itself is overwhelming. You know, it's yeah. So, yeah. So the the. As it relates to attempting to do what you can to prepare, mm-hmm. I for me, um, like I was sharing with you earlier, it made it mattered to me that even though my mother had physical challenges, even mm-hmm. though she had a mental adjustment that she was dealing with, it I I needed her to know that she was not a burden. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kept giving her, I kept asking her stuff. Now, even though she may not give me the answer that she would normally give me. I kept, my conversation never changed with her. So I would be like, mom, remember you used to make X, Y, Z? Now, did you do, instead of me asking how she did it, I would be like, did you do, put this in there or put this in there? So I know the recipe or I know what to do, mm-hmm. but I'm still giving her the opportunity to, to be vocal and active. Or in the kitchen, I was like, okay, mom, can, I'm gonna give this to you. I'm gonna need your help. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna give mm-hmm. you this bowl. You do this for me and I'm gonna go do this. So I'll bring her wheelchair in the kitchen and I'm at with the stove and I heard that. Now, was she really doing, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes she did and sometimes she did, but I did what I, the, what in any way that I could keep her in the active state of what she would normally do, even if it was in a smallest feature, I gave that to her as much as I could. And I still do now. Um, something as simple as taking off her seat. Cause yo, I'm, girl, if I'm like, okay, we need to go out, go here. I'm, I'm already down the road. So I would scoop up my mother and take her, put her to the car. Again, she's small and go ahead and put her seatbelt on and take it off. But then I realized, wait a minute. Does your mother know how to get out of the seatbelt? Right. Does she know how to put it on? Does she know how to open this door? Something happened to y'all, you while y'all was on the road. Mm-hmm. So when I get home now, I'm like, okay, mama, you getting out the car? Cause you, you're, you still in your seatbelt. So, you know what I'm saying? Remind her, and she take her her seat. Like, oh, I did it. I'm like, okay, look at you. And I'm like, okay, can you open your door? I'm gonna go do this. And no, her, so her push. You know how we open to push the door from our if we're in the passenger seat and we're doing it from our left arm, and the push, her her motion and her push is not as strong, but she right. can pull the. So it allow them. It matters, right? <laughs> if you give them each opportunity, regardless of how big or how small, to be active in their life to do right. things to care for themselves um, because it helps them know that they are not a burden. It shows them that the little that they can give or the big that they can give to whatever degree and element that they give it is good enough and it's helpful. Um, girl, when I'm doing stuff with my mom, like when we're in the bathroom and stuff, I'm like, okay, mom, we're going to do this. And I'm saying thank you behind everything. Whether she really doing anything or not, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, okay, mom, we, I'm here to get you off the toilet. 
and I go through, through the process doing it. Mom, thank you for your help. Okay, mom, go ahead and push yourself up, stand yourself up, even though I'm guiding her the most when she's standing up. But again, just help her, giving her the opportunity to be as active and in tune to the action as possible is one thing. Um, the other thing is, as it relates to the adjustment of it all, be mindful. <laughs> Girl, there were moments that I exploded, like, because mm -hmm. I'm so used to her seeing beforehand what needs to be doing, done and, 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 and executing. And then when I go to movement without talking her through it, now I learned from me with my mom, it helped me to talk her through it because two connections are being made. One, I'm reminding myself, Lena, or look, when, look, when I'm talking to myself, I call me by my nickname. <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> Lena, she needs more time because I was impatient. Growing up as a kid, like you talking about your patience, I had a different level of, of, of lack of patience. Mm -hmm. So when I talk the, the action, I, okay, Ma, we get, let's go ahead and do this. It remind me, you want her to be as active as possible because you don't want, like I said, not only did I not want to steal her voice, I didn't want to steal her mobility at all either. Because the mm -hmm. less you do, the less, the more you lose. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's it. And the, to release yourself of the expectation, be it consciously or unconsciously, of doing it perfectly. Because oh, you, girl. No, because <laughs> unless you went and got any kind of training to do this, guess mm -hmm. what? It's a trial and error thing each mm -hmm. moment. Mm hmm. Girl, there were times I had, I was like, okay, mom, give me one minute. I just need to go upstairs. So this girl, I had to come upstairs, close my room door, get in my closet, close the door and just scream because girl, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> God, come on. You can, why, why? And when I say why me, not why me, but why me the one that don't know none of this stuff. Yeah. Oh, girl, I just was saying this. I It was one day he, he chose to move an hour from me, right? I was so mad at my father for this. And I was at his house and I had left and I was already fighting the daggone school system because I live around a bunch of racists. So I remember in the car, I pulled over in the parking lot. I'm crying. I'm screaming. I said, I cannot believe this is reality. I was so mad. Like, yeah. I cannot believe it. So in that saying that, I wanted to ask, have you joined Facebook groups? That helped me a lot. They have a lot of caregiver Facebook groups. And that really, it made me feel like, like you understand that some people is going through the same thing as you. And then sometimes I got a lot of tips out of there too. They, and it's all different people, all different races, religions. It made me feel so wonderful to belong to those Facebook groups. They got a lot of those. Yeah. It's, it's funny that you said that because there is one particular that I'm more, um, um, what you call it, active in. Uh -huh. um, and it's interesting about, uh, about two weeks ago, I noticed a post when the lady was saying that, um, uh, Basically, she wanted to die. Like she just. Oh yeah. It's like she like um, right now. I hate him and I hate yes. the situation. Yes. He he's always fussing and he um he talks bad to me. He treats me and I and I'm just of course I said some encouraging words to her, but on the back side of that it made me think I'm like because girl I'm often thinking God like God God thank you for my mama, and I'm like Lord thank you that my parents they weren't perfect and by any means they were not perfect but they were unapologetically them and they, gave, that. and they gave us them fully. You know how sometimes when people don't own every bit of who and what they are and are not, and then so they hiding stuff. My parents, right. they gave us them, even their imperfections. Cause now I know how to deal with mine. I know I'm not expected to be perfect because so, I didn't see perfect parents, 
And so I just think I was like, after seeing that post and, and sharing some kind of encouragement to her, it made me think about my mother and like, Lord, thank you. Cause that's not my, my story. Oh like, girl. And that's what I got from the Facebook groups. I said, when you think your situation is so horrible, it's somebody else who they, their mindset, I think your mindset is beautiful because it's more so like the mindset of when they say is the glass half empty or half full. Like sense. you got to look at life. Like you got to look for the silver lining. You oh. see what I'm saying? And a lot of caregivers, yeah, I talked to a client, one of my clients, and she said, yeah, sometimes that thin line, being a caregiver, you will either grow to waiting for these people to die, or you're going to embrace these people and love them while they're here. It's like, it's, 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 it's people who despise their parents. And let me say this, too. This goes hand in hand with how you just said you were raised. If you did not have a gentle parent, right, you don't know what to do. So, for example... With my dad, I had to figure out different ways because you can't hit your parent. Right, so it's right. like, let me think, what ways can I get him to open up? Sometimes he just needed to talk, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, when he yeah. was being stubborn in me because he wasn't naturally stubborn in me. He was a very sweet man. Gotcha. So when I saw him mean at the end, like what you just saying on a Facebook post, I'd be like, I'd be at home like how I try to get through to my kids. That's what I found. I had, look, my father and then my eldest son, Lord, they was acting just alike. I said, it's like I got two teenagers, you know? Right, so I'm right. trying to break through to the oldest one and then trying to break through to my dad in the same manner. And it was just, it's like putting together a puzzle. That's what mm. it's like. That's mm. always moving. <laughs> you Ooh. know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because you go get the piece that you just saw the spot that it fit in and then you go back and put it down like, hold up. Come on, man. Like, really, Lord? Like, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like that. And it's, 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 it requires a lot of patience. I think that that added to my patience. Um, and then I kind of, like I said, I got zero tolerance for other things because I know um, it'll make me angry. But as far as that caregiver aspect, and I want to say this, too. I know a lot of caregivers. I have a lot of clients who are caregivers who are that are paid. That is a different kind of stress than when you are a family caregiver. And one of my clients, she had to care for her father. She's a regular caregiver where she gets paid. It's no, it's totally, totally different. It's totally different. The emotional toll it takes on you as a caregiver for a family member. Girl, because it, it's a, um, I don't want to call it a job. It is a responsibility. That it never is. Turns. It's a responsibility that never yes. turns off. Yes. And like, girl, like just, just for me sleeping at night, like I could mm -hmm. be in a deepest sleep, but if my mama cry out, I hear her. Mm -hmm. And my and I had somebody tell me like, well, you need to get you some things, put over your ears and um turn on oh. some sleep. And I said, y'all, I said, I can't do, like I don't feel comfortable doing that. I don't I'm I'm not gonna say I can't do that, but I don't feel comfortable doing that. Um, because what if I choose to do that the right wrong time? And then somebody else was saying that, well, I feel God will let you be alert and aware to what you need to be. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know girl they just don't know they don't they don't understand i get it because when he lived with me i get it because it's like i was on alert as if i had an infant that's how i was when i had my baby girl. where i'm just like oh my god like any little sound and my dad was in the room across from us and i would hear him every time he went to go to the bathroom i heard him <laughs> so i'm just like listening and it's girl. it was Girl. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I, I learned to pray. Um 
Let me back up that because you said you commend me. First, I have to say thank you, of course, but I wasn't always like that. I didn't always see it half the glass half full. Yeah. Um, it was a it was a true learning curve for me. And like and there are some elements now that still are. In the beginning, I apologize to my mother a lot because again, it was me learning, understanding. I won't say learning. It was me understanding, like, wait a minute, Delanda. Your mother's not responding like you expect her to because at this moment she really can. Like right now she really is giving you the best of her. And there were in those moments, moments where I wasn't connecting to that true reality. So, um, so I'm like, come on, like, you know, and then I'm like, wait a minute. So I'm like, you know, mom, I need to walk off. (laughs) I Mm -hmm. said, I'm not mad. I said, I'm not mad at you. You didn't do anything wrong. I said, but I hear me and I need a minute. Let me give me a minute. And those would be those times I will come up here, close both doors and just release what I had to release and then go back her, get on my knees and sit down before her and apologize. And like, mama, it's so much I don't know right about now. And I, right. do, I do apologize because you and I both know that you deserve well more better than what you're getting right now. I apologize mm-hmm. for that. I, mm-hmm. said, I also apologize to you because I don't have it in me right now to give you what you need. Mm-hmm. I said, but you have to pray for me and ask God to show me and give me exactly what you need and that I'm able to be who and what you need me to be because I'm in transition. I said, so yes. if I yell at you, I'm sorry. I'm going to go ahead and apologize in advance. I said, if I come off at you and you feel like you're a burden, first of all, know that you never are. Yes. I said, but pray for me because my remember, I'm the one never had children. I'm the one never got married. I'm the one that was selfish. I'm the one that left 18. I'm the one that always did selfish um, surface relationships because I can't trust you no further than I can speak to you because I was always moving. I said, mm-hmm. so it's so much, mama, that I have to learn to make sure I give you what you need to be who you need me to be when you need me to be it. And right. so that's, that's what our learning curve was. And I apologize a lot. Um, and then yeah, because like, we're human. You're human. Girl, and she was like, I forgive you. I love you. And then Lord have oh. mercy. And she all softened and it made me cry. <laughs> girl, oh. That's how it is, girl. And she's like, you love me. And I was like, Mama, I do. I said, but you deserve so much better than what I'm giving you right now. You do. Oh, girl. But that's beautiful that you are, because believe me, I have seen some nightmares, girl. I do house calls too. I'm a hairdresser. Lord yeah. have mercy, girl. I have seen it where, um, the, you know that you got the uh, you walk in the house and you smell the urine, and girl. then the 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 child, this guy was acting like he was there for his mother. He all he would come in with all the groceries is when I'm coming and do the hair, like he trying to impress me. I'm like, dude, you think I don't know when you're actually a caregiver that's active and when you're not? You can tell the difference. <laughs> like you just show up with the groceries I shouldn't even be able to smell the piss when I come in it shouldn't be in the air and she got a nurse up in here You, Ooh, y'all yeah. just so believe me Delanda I don't see much worse so before um, before we close I want you to tell everybody a little bit about your book you are an author I want you to talk about your book um, your inspiration behind the book everything tell us and how to purchase <laughs> your book Girl, how about that book end up being self-therapy for me and equipping me for my <laughs> journey in 2012, okay? Mm-hmm. Those writings began coming to me in 1995. And at that time, I was a flight attendant living in Miami, Florida. I'm like, what am I going to do with this? I'm flying. I'm seeing the world. Fast forward, God gave me um, a, a message about a stroke situation. I had never directly dealt with a um, stroke situation. He mm-hmm. gave me a message about the life of a caregiver. I had never 
<laughs> directly dealt with that. And so the book, um, it, it's, a, it's the writing, the first book is Father, comma, then mm -hmm. the eyes can see. And I'm not talking about in distance. I'm talking about like Heavenly Father. Um, mm -hmm. it, it was the, this, the, um, the title was inspired by Matthew 6 and 33, where it talks about seeking you first the kingdom and God. So mm -hmm. in Father, then the eyes can see. It's a, um, a book about redemption, forgiveness, second chances, uh, and love, the love of man, the love of God. And it's like that because sometimes we want to love on man first before we love on our creator. Um, mm -hmm. And it talks about how um, it, give, it takes you along the read journey of the healing gift of forgiveness, the healing gift of second chances, the healing gift of redemption. Because at the end of the day, you're, we're going to all find ourselves on, and you asked me about that family member, <laughs> we're going to all find ourselves on either one side of forgiveness in the place of needing to extend it and in the place of needing to receive it. And that even includes ourselves. Girl, there are times that we make things or disappoint ourselves. Did you really look yourself in the mirror and own up to what you did or position mm -hmm. yourself for and apologize for it to you? Like sometimes we don't forgive ourselves. And so the writings, um, they came at a point in time in my life that everything was good. Mm -hmm. But of course your creator knows what's coming up down the road. Mm -hmm. And it ended up being some stuff there because any, even though I wrote and, and published the book in 2013, the first one, I never took, I never read it page for page as a reader takes on a book and go for the read journey. I didn't do that until 2020. My mother came to leave with me in 2012 mm -hmm. and I start seeing like, wait a minute, <laughs> that's residue of me. Like that's residue. So it's a fiction book, but it has residue of real life things. And so we, it gives the reader the opportunity if there ever was a, issue or challenge of forgiveness or if they are currently in one or know someone who's dealing with it it gives that reader the opportunity to pause their situation and look up the look at this extreme puffed up situation and realize at the end of the day forgiveness is a choice it really is and right. i'm not saying i'm not saying that there's not a situation that really justifies you being able to be okay with not forgiving them or the situation, but you deserve better than that. Because when we choose to not forgive a situation, the bitterness, it opens the doors to bitterness, which opens the doors to sickness, which opens the doors for a lack of the betterment of you. Why would you purposely steal from yourself that way? But we don't look at it as us purposely stealing from ourselves. I love that. Where can they find your book? Okay. So both books are available on Amazon. The second book, which is a follow-up to it, is You Taught Me. Um, if they want autographed copies, you can connect with me on Facebook. It is author, comma, Delanda McNair. And then on Instagram, it is at Delanda McNair. And just send me a message and say, hey, I want an autographed copy of both books or the first book. And um, each book is $25 per book. And let's see, am I somewhere else? No, I think that's it. Facebook and Instagram. So again, author, comma, Delanda McNair on Facebook and Instagram at Delanda McNair. The books both are available on Amazon. Father, like Heavenly Father, comma, then the eyes can see. And You Taught Me are the books that I personally published. There's also a collaborative that I have. It is called Dear Daughters. And basically, it is where nine different authors came together and... Having um, 
arrived at whatever point in place in their lives is as we look back over our lives, what is the encouragement that we will look back and tell ourselves? So it's an open letter to ourselves and we share it with the world. Great. That is wonderful. So I just want to thank you so much for spending your morning with me. You have just, you look, you made me wake all the way up because I feel <laughs> wonderful. You have inspired me and oh. I really appreciate you coming on here. Thank you so much, Don. It was awesome talking with you. I had fun with this conversation. Excellent. Look, All even right. though you made me cry. You know, I'm <laughs> Look, you made me cry too. I was sitting there like, oh my gosh, it's brand new sit and talk about my experiences with my daddy, but it was so emotional. It was beautiful. And um, you know, so I'm glad I got to speak with you. Yes. So yes. Everybody, don't forget our listeners, if you want to catch this as well as other episodes, we do Technology for Seniors and My Two Cents, 12 p.m. Eastern, and that's daily. And then 4 p.m. Thursdays, we have our entrepreneurs. And then 6 a.m. Eastern on Mondays, we have the morning show with the morning crew. We have a whole lot of different guests and collaborators. We talk about everything. Um... We are on all streaming platforms. Just go straight to the researchdepartments.com. If you want to be a guest collaborator or anything else, you can go straight to that. And we're going to have this on an app soon. I'm developing a new app, which will be on the, the app is going to be called I Am Don Williams. So I just want to thank everybody for listening and have a wonderful day on purpose.